Hello! Wasn't that a nice introduction? That is such a change from the last one we had, which was the International for uh, International Women's Day. So, welcome to the Use Guys in that podcast. With me, as always, is my my uh, my partner in crime, Angel the Sound Girl. Hello. You can find her on Twitter at Angel underscore Sound Girl. Randy Rand, the man, uh, uh, Twitter handle at Randy Rand underscore duh underscore man he is um oscar mike he's doing something um we can't really talk about it yet because he doesn't even know where the fuck he's going but he's doing something very special soon so uh we'll talk about that later on in the show but uh you got uh us two's guys uh to talk to you about uh, the latest and greatest uh thank you for tuning in um those returning listeners uh angel how are you i'm doing okay how about yourself I'm doing all right. Um, you know, I'm a big uh, gun enthusiast, even though I lost mine all at the bottom of some body of water a while ago while boating. A terrible, tragic accident. I uh, happened to drive by a local gun shop where I live and uh, saw, you know, that it was still open despite this quarantine. And then I saw an article. I don't know if you're able to pull it up or not. Um, that they had the highest amount of background checks uh, since... Obama was inaugurated or no 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 it was uh after Obama was inaugurated that was like the third highest I think uh it was the unfortunate uh murder of those kids at Sandy Hook that sold the most guns up until this past month and uh it was a record number of background checks for people buying handguns and of course there were memes all over Twitter and social media talking about how a lot of these people were uneducated first-time gun buyers, uh, first-time gun owners who weren't aware of the background check system. And, you know, in some states, I, I don't know, the more communist ones you have to wait or, you know, the limitations on how many rounds you can have in a magazine, which there are quite a few states, not the majority by any stretch of the imagination. But, you know, some of the biggest ones uh, have uh, unreasonable limitations, and by the way, on this program, any limitation is an unreasonable limitation. I mean, there's several articles. I'm not sure which one that you had um, read, but the first one that comes up is The Guardian from 22 hours ago, where it says, American pushing record-breaking numbers for guns amid the coronavirus. And then for AP News, gun background checks smash records amid coronavirus fears. And that was two hours ago. You know, the, the whole point, you know, I appreciate you finding those articles to support the statement. Um, I just thought it was great that people finally figured out that when the shit really does go down, you and you alone are in charge of your own security. And I'm, Well, I mean, you're, you and you alone are in charge of your own security, period, all of the time. Agreed. And, you know, bystanders are not going to help you. You are in charge of your own safety, and chances are, if somebody sees you getting attacked, they're going to mind their own business and walk away. You've seen a lot. You, from we've talked before, you do a lot of research into these um, armed and unarmed confrontations between individuals. I forget the name of the place or the uh, page on YouTube, if you would care to... uh, tell those of us who are listening um it's active self-protection is the name of the youtube uh channel the reason why that sticks out for me i I, um 
still a shitty white belt in jujitsu. But I you remember you telling me that the guy that hosts that show, like he had a black belt in some form of Kempo karate and then decided to go into Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And you were like, oh, he got a stripe. And I'm like, oh, wow. I mean, that is a fucking accomplishment. You know, that is a serious accomplishment because they don't hand that out for nothing. So I remember that's why it sticks out in my mind. And he, this guy talks about both armed and empty-handed skills, right? Yes. Um, and he he says, you know, if you don't have empty handed skills that he doesn't suggest that you try to i mean obviously you try to defend yourself the best that you can any way that you can sure um but he you know really really suggests that you get empty handed skills training if you plan on going hands-on with somebody um he also talks about making sure you don't draw from the drop, meaning so if somebody comes up to you and they're planning to rob you and they have their firearm pulled on you, you're, you shouldn't reach for your firearm. You should wait for your opportunity to then go ahead and reach and fire um, because if you draw from the drop, chances are you're going to get shot. Easily. Easily. I mean, unfortunately, I think a lot of that has to do with being able to control your fight or flight which is a really hard thing to do in the moment, for, I think, for anybody, is to maintain self-control and mental awareness. I think that's incredibly tough. And I will say the very little bit that I've been introduced to this gentleman's program, he clearly is doing, him and his uh, team are clearly doing a good job of at least reminding their, their subscribers what to look out for. Uh, the, you know, the only thing I didn't like about him is he does bootlick a little bit too much for me whatever that doesn't necessarily mean he's a bad guy that doesn't mean that his show is for shit it clearly isn't for shit um i uh i think that what what the most important thing and i'm sure that if i talk to this uh this individual that you watch on youtube both of us being you have done martial arts for a decent amount of time throughout our lives uh whether it's continuously or not such as myself situational awareness and being aware of your surroundings that's what i was taught from when i was a young kid you know when you start like your parents put you in karate and shit like that even up to when i was doing karate as an adult being aware of your surroundings know where your exits are these are standard things that all people should know like um when i go out to like you know back back in uh, the pre-plague when we were allowed to go to restaurants for pancakes I would always like to sit with my back uh, not facing the uh, the entrance and the exit, the front door, I, because I always like to see who the hell's coming in here. And I've talked to Randy about that before, and given his background, he said, oh, the same thing. He's, you know, in fact, when his friends won't let him have the seat that, f that faces the, the uh, main entrance, he's like, okay, are you going to fucking watch the door? Are you going to watch the door? Are you going to watch the people that are coming in here? That may seem a little bit, um, I don't know hypersensitive or overly cautious or overprotective but i think there's a lot to be said about profiling individuals coming in and out seeing where their hands are what was the one thing that you were talking to me about uh regarding this gentleman's show on youtube active self-protection about how people walk towards you or how they're walking in general so he specifically mentions walking with a purpose so there it is okay if i'm walking out of a store into a parking lot and I'm walking towards my car and I have my keys out and I 
am headed in a direction and you can see like I'm walking towards my car, say it's like to the right and you see me walking to the right. Um, I'm walking somewhere with a purpose. My intention is to get into my car, correct? Yes. So when somebody is walking without a purpose and they could this mean this could mean slow walking this could be waiting to see what you're going to do this could be even if they're coming out of a store and they see you in your car you know like a gas station or anything like that um they could stand by the door waiting for you to get out of your car to take their opportunity to do whatever they want so like it it works both ways so if they are kind of hanging around or they start walking towards you or they walk to cut off you in your walking direction, right? So like they, they, if they're walking straight and then all of a sudden they start walking diagonal to cut you off, their purpose is I'm coming to do something to so like you. intercept you in, in, in a sense. Correct. Yes. Uh, this is a free plug for that gentleman. Uh, those of you who don't own firearms or are thinking about it, I'm not going to mention names, but you know who you are. Uh, take a, take a look at the guy's page. Uh, he does use uh, the few times that the badge cams do work when the cops kill somebody. He has the footage from that, justified and unjustified. And of course, for me, all of them are mostly unjustified, at least in my opinion. Then again, I'm not an attorney or a prosecutor. I have an agenda. So, um, what we the reason why we got into this, and I thank you for bringing up uh, the information for us, because you know, with these, I don't know, with these large sales of firearms, there's a lot of people who I think are just knee jerk reacting to purchasing a firearm just to have one. It's almost, I don't know. In a sense, it kind of reminds me the way people have been buying firearms this last month with the uh, the onset of this plague that we're having. It's almost like the same people who are buying ample amounts of fucking toilet paper. Yeah. It's a panic purchase. And you don't while you don't need to know what you're doing, to, well, I hope you don't, to wipe your asshole and make sure that your asshole's nice and clean after you make a toilet, uh... With that being the case, I think there's a lot of people who just bought whatever they thought looked cool. Now, again, this is an assumption. But those of us who are familiar with firearms and know what we like and know what we want and you know, know how to use it properly, whether you're just a regular human being or you've been trained by the government to kill people in some manner... I think that this panic buying, there's going to be a lot of people who are going to put holes in the sides of their houses, or let's hope not. Yeah, you know who I'm talking about. We we have a mutual friend, you and I, who put a hole in the side of his house. He doesn't listen to the show. He's not a friend of the podcast. He's just a friend of the hosts, but he's a fucking idiot. And don't drink when you're fucking cleaning or unloading or checking your firearm. And what's rule number one? Treat every firearm as if it's loaded. And this guy's firearm was loaded. And he still managed to put a hole through the fucking wall. And he took pictures of it, sent it to me. And if he ever hears this, I'm going to tell you something right now, guy. You can't be mad at me for saying something about it because you didn't explain yourself. You said it was too much to text. I emailed you. You still refuse to explain yourself. You're welcome to come on to the show anytime you like and explain it to me. Because 
I'll tell you what, I have had zero, knock on wood, zero incidences, zero incidents with a, an accidental discharge of a firearm. Whether they're in my pocket, whether they're in a holster, whether they're in a bag, it's like green eggs and ham. The gun's not going to go off, Sam I am. I mean, it's just not going to happen. Well, um, I mean, you have to make sure that you're doing all of the proper things to make sure that those things don't happen. So you happen to follow the firearm safety rules so that you don't have those mistakes, you know, because you really, I mean, if you're under the influence and you're, I mean, I'm not talking like you had a beer and maybe you have a buzz, like, you know, I'm talking about you're under the influence, like you are drunk, you shouldn't be handling... Sure, you had four mimosas at brunch. Yeah, you shouldn't be handling, like, anything, let alone a, a weapon. I agree. I agree. And that's not something that we advocate for a law for. There shouldn't, there ought not to be a law. You ought not to be that fucking stupid. And if natural selection were allowed to take place... You would eventually point that barrel somewhere around your noggin and take yourself out of the fucking gene pool or remove your foot or whatever, whatever the fuck it is that keeps you from breeding and passing on your stupidity. Um, and I mean that with uh, all the love and sincerity in my black soul. Uh, I, I really, I just, when I saw that, I, I cannot fucking believe you put a hole in your house with a 12 gauge. Anyway. The reason why this topic comes up, and this was a really long segue into what I was getting to, and I was thinking to myself, uh, you know, what would be the best firearms in the uh, post-plague, you know, the apocalypse? We're in the midst of the plague and will be for a substantial amount of time. Mind you, uh, this is a reminder that I picked 26th of December, uh, of this, of uh, no, excuse me. Yes, the 26th of December is when, when it started. I picked the 13th of February, 2021, for it to be, to finally be over. And Angel picked March, less than a year away. She's being very optimistic of 2021 for all this to uh, to blow over. Um, so we're kind of close. We're a month apart. I gave you some hard dates. I gave you some real hard dates. She gave you a month. That's okay. We're going to go with that. But what would be the 10 best firearms? Now, we have all, and you know, I have a personal list. It's a, uh, it's a mixture of different kinds of firearms for different kinds of situations. And I did a little research, and I came up with something. Uh, it's from blog.gunassociation.org, dealing with the 10 best weapons for the apocalypse. And we're going to start at the bottom of the list. A prestigious list, no less. Uh, starting in at 10th place, we're going to be talking about the Remington 870 shotgun, 12-gauge. If you want something more powerful and more reliable than a Mossberg, I take offense to that. I'm a big Mossberg guy. Then the Remington 870 is everything you need. It has a smooth pump action and can fit an extension tube to hold seven shells in total. That is a nice feature for a 12-gauge. It's a very nice feature. It is ideal for both hunting and and tactical operations. I like that phrase. Tactical operations. Whatever could you mean? Uh, coming in at ninth place, thank you very much, Mossberg 590 Mariner. Uh, when we're talking about this, it's great because it's a 12-gauge capable of carrying nine shots. You could switch the stock for a pistol grip, so it's awesome for close or tight spaces. You can also customize this bad boy with accessories. It's one of the, of the modestly priced guns online. 
And by the way, online means to get shipped to a FFL dealer. Those of you who are new to the game, you can't just order one off the fucking internet like we've been reading. Do-do-do. Yeah. <laughs> get on the short bus, you fucks. Um, you can order one online for less than $600. Uh, that's quite a good price for a shotgun. Uh, moving on, we're going to be going to eighth place. Now, this one is a fantasy gun. We know a gentleman that has one. We've fired this weapon, and it's called the Taurus Judge. The Judge is capable of shooting both 410 and 45 long Colt loads. This feature makes it perfect for close quarters combat and self-defense. It's big, so it's not exactly fit for concealed carry. Its presence is enough to send a message, though. And I agree. It is definitely a massive handgun. Oh, it's very, very nice. And it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, well, what's the more technical phrase for when the gun moves when you fire it? Like people say buck, but I know that that's not, uh, kickback, kickback or blowback. Yeah. So like when, when you target reacquisition. Yeah. When you, when you fire a gun and it's a bigger gun or a higher caliber um, sometimes when you shoot it, it kind of, you know, uh, physics works that way. And so like, it kind of like moves a little bit and the judge does not move. No, it doesn't. It has an extremely heavy frame. It's very nice. There's a, there's another one that I think, shit, I think it's made by Smith and Weston. It's called the governor, which almost sounds just as cool as the judge, if not as cool. Uh, and I think it has one, one, an additional shot to it. And, of course, I don't have any problem with Taurus, but some people do. Some people will only buy their uh, wheel guns as opposed to their semi-automatics. Either way, I mean, Smith & Wesson is Smith & Wesson. There's nothing wrong with it, but the Judge is definitely a solid choice. Moving on to seventh place, Sig Sauer P226. This is probably my favorite handgun for a lot of reasons, and this is the author of this of this article, not yours truly. First, this is the gun carried by police and other members of law enforcement. You know it has some power despite its size. It's compact and light, weighing at around 34 ounces with a full magazine. However, at over $1,000 as of January of 2019, it may be pricey, but you will surely get your money's worth. So... We're going to move on to sixth place. We're almost at the middle of the table. This is Jay's personal favorite handgun. Um, I'm team Glock guy all the way. I love a Glock. Uh, the police use it to kill over 25 dogs a day and countless more human beings every day. I'm sure there is a count, but at this point, who's really counting? Uh, it's the Glock 17, specifically the Generation 3 Glock 17. If you want something bigger than Glock 17 is Glock 36's big brother. Like Sig Sauer, it's one of the more popular types of guns for law enforcement. The weight is slightly heavier than the 36, but it helps manage the recoil. There's the word you're looking for, Angel. Yes, recoil. That was it. Knew we would come across it at some point. This makes it one of the most accurate pistols in the market. And let me tell you, you fucking guys something. You guys, listen up. I have a 70 I have a septuagenarian mother who hates and I mean hates semi-automatic firearms. Not that you shouldn't own one. She just doesn't like to shoot them. I think it's because the slide comes back at her fast. I don't know. Um but I will say this, 
she was deadly fucking accurate with that nine millimeter that's now at the bottom of some lake that I can't remember because uh, I lost it in a boating accident. She was absolutely fucking lethal. And if my septuagenarian mother can put a tight pattern on at the gun range, none of you motherfuckers have a fucking excuse. It is not accepted on the show. So Team Glock all the way. It's good for grandmas. It's good for you. That's a free plug for Glock, though. I'm going to hit him up, though, because I'd like to get a T-shirt. Moving on to the middle of the table once again. Team Glock makes an appearance with the Glock 36. This may look tiny, but this small pistol right here fires a 45 caliber bullet. It packs a punch, so to speak. It's a really slim pistol, making it great for concealment and weighs 27 ounces with a full mag of 6, and that's 45 ACP. That's a big fucking round right there. Me personally, I prefer the 9mm or even a 40 caliber pistol simply because I like more. I like 10 rounds or more. I know for people in California and Communist New York and, of course, New Jersey, you guys don't get that. I understand that. The communists rule your states. Well, I mean, I, you do whatever you want. You should do. You hop right over to Pennsylvania or Nevada, depending on which state you're in, um, or print. Three D. We're gonna get into. Th- we're, we're gonna talk about that later. But I will say six. I mean, carrying a thirty-eight specials. I mean, you. First of all, in in the. I don't know if it differs per state, but the distance that you are allotted, quote, by the law, is twenty-two feet, if I'm not mistaken. 22 feet is the distance that you are now dealing with somebody who's trying to enter your personal space and you could feel threatened, your life. Um, yeah, I think it is. I think it is 22, 20. It might be 25. I'm not I'm not 100% sure. I'll look it up. Well, while you're looking that up, we have um, a friend of um, a friend of the podcast, a personal friend of mine uh, that uh, I used to carry without one in the chamber. And this individual who served as a uh, paratrooper and a ranger, he said, okay, empty the, empty the firearm, you know, make sure that our firearm's clear and holster it. And I'm going to measure out 22 feet and I want you to draw, chamber, and be ready to fire as fast as you can. Now, of course, mind you... This isn't really duress because I know I'm not going to be harmed. I know that this is just a test. It's not exactly a threat on my life. This gentleman covered 22 feet before I could get the pistol. Like I I pulled the slide back. I chambered around before I could accomplish and, and begin to level my weapon at my perpetrator. He was already like on me. And from that point forward, it really changed my perspective Otherwise, I might as well just carry a hammer at that point or a sword or something like that. It's called the 21-foot rule. So we were both off, huh? Yeah. I it was 22 um, feet. No, well, it, I just, I looked it up and it says it's a 21, it's the 21-foot rule. And um, it's also known as the Tuller drill. And it was developed by Lieutenant John Tuller, a firearms instructor with the Salt Lake City Police Department back in 1983. He set up a drill where he placed a suspect arm with an edge weapon 20 or so feet away from an officer with a holstered sidearm. Okay. And then, you know, he demonstrated in that, you know, how quickly it takes for, you know. I'm telling you right now, it's like nothing. Yeah, no, I mean, 20, that's not that far away. No, it's not. Especially if somebody's really coming at you and if you're nervous... 
and you don't have one in the hole. So from that point forward, I decided to carry with one in the chamber. So take your magazine and add a plus one. So 10 plus one, 14 plus one, whatever the fuck it is. I'm a plus one guy. Like one is in the chamber, ready to go. I, I do not believe. And of course, if you're carrying a revolver, you really don't have anything to worry about. And it will never jam. Well, at least that's what we're told. It's never. I've never had a revolver jam on me. So there you go. Team Glock. Now we're moving to the top of the table. Uh, let's see here. Coming in at fourth place is something that I never heard of. It's called an AR-7. Now, AR does not stand for America's Rifle. It does not stand for Assault Rifle. It stands for Armalite. Okay. So anybody who's listening to the show who has no fucking idea about guns, let's clear that up right now. AR, Armalite. Okay. And what is Armalite? Uh, the, guy, the company that came up with the first... Um, platform stonier's uh m16 ar15 the ar15 platform so their manufacturer yeah okay so uh let's take a look at this it's an uh a 22 long rifle weapon it's a really strange looking one if you really want to take a look at it please do it's very weird the israeli uh, pilots uh for their air force have have it with them as a survival weapon um and if you want to talk about survival rifles, the Henry Arms AR-7 is the real deal. It may not be as powerful as, the, as other rifles or as um, capacious as Ruger or an M4, but AR-7 takes the cake for convenience. You can pack the barrel, magazines, and receivers inside its watertight stock and carry it around with you. Assembling the rifle is as easy as assembling Legos. And Legos are a friend of the show. We like it. Now... Moving on to third place, I wouldn't have picked uh, this particular manufacturer. Not a fan, and I don't mean that in a disrespectful fashion. Uh, the Bushmaster Carbon 15 M4 Carbine, or Carbine, depending on how you want to pronounce that. The, it's a small, lightweight, and durable weapon. This assault rifle derives its inspiration from AR-15 rifles, but with modern features. These include the Space Age Carbon 15 composite molded receivers. Again, if you're really going to do something, I would go with Lewis Machine, Colt, even Delton. Those are good rifles. And I know a, a couple of friends have built their own AR platforms. Uh, lovely weapons. Uh, very versatile. Uh, coming in at second place. Now, again, this is the opinion of the host. I believe that this weapon is the gold standard of all 22 caliber weapons. The gold standard, at least with rifles, excuse me. And that's the Ruger 10-22. And even this article says that it's the king of 22 long-range rifles, or at least on this person's list. The reason why it's good to have around is it can secure small and medium-sized game. It also has range in it too. Quiet, so the prey will never know what hit them. I can't tell you how many people I know, I don't know about Angel, that uh, have arsenals. Of weapons, an armory, if you will. Not one fucking twenty-two rifle among them, bolt action or semi-automatic. I don't know anybody that has an arsenal of weapons. Why did they lose them in a boating accident as well? No, I just don't know anybody that you know has an arsenal of weapons. Like not all of my friends, you know, they just are friendly people and and they don't own anything and you know they live outside. That's nice. Uh, so these people, they don't have 22s, and I laugh every time you see them with the, if they have an AR or if they have something that shoots 7.62 or 
you know, a different size 308. Yeah, sure. If you're going to fucking hunt elk or buffalo, 308 is great. That's wonderful. It's it's tremendous. It's a real fucking man stopper amongst many other stoppers. But you're not always going to have the availability, excuse me, of big game. And I think that it's really important to have something that you, you know, squirrel eats, rabbit eats. Uh, Small game is important, especially in the post-plague or, you know, the plague or the current plague that we're living through. Once the grocery store runs out of groceries, there ain't a lot of elk rolling around where you live. You know, 22 might be the way to go. You can carry lots of, uh, of ammo. I mean, boxes that they have now come. And I remember back uh, before I lost mine in a boating accident, once again, for the record, uh, they had bricks of these 550 rounds for less than 20 bucks. You go to the woods and just plink all day long. It was almost like going bowling. You know what I mean? You had the lane. You could buy the lane for the day. Same thing, buy a whole box of ammo and just have a good time. You can carry thousands of rounds of it, lightweight, extremely accurate, and uh, it should be a staple in every person, in every gun-toting American free human being's uh, rifle cabinet. But now, moving to first place, a controversial first place choice. I know plenty of people who would not have put this weapon at the top of their list, perhaps substituting it for an AR-15 or an AR platform weapon. And that is the AK-47. The AK-47 is number one on the list and one of the top 10 assault rifles in the world together with the AR-15. Military units use it and it's famous for its durability. One can expose the rifle in extreme conditions and it will still fire. Talk about being reliable. You know, there's a lot of legendary stories and stories that have been, um, let's say, documented on YouTube throwing the rifle in mud throwing it in sand, dunking it in water. And I'm talking about submerging the entire rifle in water and picking it up, and it just click, boom, 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 away. It's um, say what you will about the communists. They did come up with an excellent weapon. Um, That's the top ten list, and uh, let's see if we can get the author here real quick. Uh, Let's see. It doesn't have an author. But uh, you got the website, and we're going to link it in the show notes. So uh, what do you guys think? Uh, did, we, did you think they missed something? Would you substitute? Would you remove? You're not a Glock guy or Smith & Wesson guy or gal or whatever you are. It doesn't matter to us. Um, if you want to drop the show an email, we're useguysinthat at gmail.com, at useguyspod, both on Twitter and Instagram. We also have a Facebook page up now. Uh, that's uh, Use Guys Pod as well on Facebook. Uh, let us know what you think. If you would like to substitute something off of this list, that would be excellent. Um, if you think that uh, the AK-47 doesn't belong up there, and perhaps you're an AK-74 person because it has a smaller cartridge, let us know. How about the AR-9? 9mm, making it into a sub? I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with the list. I'm not entirely upset about it. A lot of my favorite weapons are on there. I think it was a pretty solid, well-rounded list because you have you go all the way from shotguns to personal defense rifles and also small game rifles. I think it's I think it's a really solid list. What do you think? I think it's an excellent list. I would I would choose all of them if I could. <laughs> it would be good to have all of them. Uh, let's see what else is going on here. Um, so with this Corona business going on. I know. It's almost like, you know, this trip down the gun store aisle 
the aisle at the gun store, rather, makes you forget about all the terrible things that are going on in this world. But don't worry, we're right back there. After all, the whole reason why we talked about the top ten is because we're in the plague. Okay? So I would like to know, there's, I forget the names of the different uh, firms that are talking about a strike. I know that there was an Amazon worker who went on strike in New York or, you know, tried to, tried to assemble a strike and was fired. A uh, big fucking surprise there. Um, there was also a company, I forget the name of the company. We had talked about it before. It doesn't matter. We can look it up or you can look it up or we'll try to get in the show notes where they're the people who shop for you to get your groceries. Instacart. Okay. Their employees were talking about a general strike and walking off the job because they wanted to get, first they wanted PPE. They wanted the company to provide them with the best PPE possible. I mean, I don't know how you could fucking argue with that, right? I, I don't argue with Especially, that. They're, they're considered essential, right? Correct. Okay. They were also arguing for, uh, they, they were talking about how they should get better benefits and hazard pay, uh, given the current situation, the current uh, climate that they're working in. And as you know, I'm very sensitive. I myself am a member of a union. I'm very sensitive to, you know, <laughs> workers organizing. And having the right to organize and protect their interests, especially when I think that they're being reasonable. These aren't fucking GM workers that are trying to get $50 an hour for sweeping the floor. If you can get it, good for you. But these people, especially right now, are providing a very essential service. Is this the right time for workers to attempt to organize and have a general strike? Is this a resurgence in organized labor getting back to its roots because the problem that you see and once again you'll hear this union be brought up again and again and again it doesn't matter whether you agree with their syndicalist approach their anarcho-syndicalism the IWW is not run by a corporate union it is all volunteer worker run it is a worker ran union I think that speaks volumes of the character of the people who are part of that union like I said, my my president, my uh, the local the local president has soft hands. It doesn't. I, I know he hasn't worked a day on a dock, like I have, like my entire life. I know that he doesn't operate heavy machinery other than his uh you know his escalator, whatever the fuck he uses to tow his boat to the lake. Is this a is this a time for a resurgence? Are we going to? Is this one of the things that we're going to see change? Like sick time, for example. There's um. Uh, the company I used to work for uh, was Fortune, is, a, is a Fortune 500 company. Worked for them for about, um, over a decade. You were allowed a lot of five sick days a year. Five sick days. And they didn't accrue, so you had to spend them or lose them by the end of the year, from January to December. Five sick days a year. And it doesn't matter if you had two, five, ten kids. It doesn't matter. You couldn't use you, uh, your sick time for your sick children. Now... The ANCAPs, uh, the, 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 the capitalists with a capital C or whatever the fuck, those people are like, well, if you don't agree with it, then you shouldn't work there. Okay, well, that's a fair argument. Okay, sure. But does that attract the kind of worker that you want to have working for you? Like, would you, isn't there an argument to say the better you treat your workers, the higher caliber worker you're going to get somebody who actually gives a fuck about their job? Are we? Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, I think that if you care about your workers you're going to have a higher quality worker but i don't think companies care about that they want to scare you and make you think that you're lucky to have a job and like 
it's the other way around. And I hope everybody realizes that, especially now in this current situation. Absolutely. It is the other way around. And we're not communists here. No. But you need to start fucking taking care of your people because now you realize all of the people like, I'm still working. I know that you're still working. We're both called essential workers. I look at my pay stub and I sure don't fucking see myself getting paid as one. And I know that I make more than these people who are doing the shopping for people that can literally cannot leave their house because the stupid government says you can't leave your house. Yeah. Right? Or the stores that they've shopped at previously have run out of food. Okay? I like what you said. It is the other way around. And you're right. But are we... Is this one of those defining moments? And of course, time will tell. But is this one of these defining moments where we see a change where organized labor gets back to its roots when it actually protected or attempted to protect workers? There's nothing wrong with being a fan of organized labor. There's nothing wrong with being pro-worker because you hear the word worker and it automatically gets lumped into the leftist or left-wing dialectic, let's say. It's part of their language, their, 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 their box of language, their words. Okay, fine. Well, I mean, so is the word capitalist. That's something that Karl Marx started, okay? And his language, you know, what he wrote eventually took over the way we talk. Okay, so that you don't have to be a communist to be pro-worker. You don't even have to be a union member. You don't have to be a right. You don't have to be a, a left winger. You could be. You can be centrist, right, anarchist, what have you. But the people like I know that we talked about this before. I'll never understand, and I hope now that people can't go to fucking restaurants. The next time you go to a restaurant and something isn't perfect with your fucking order. Just think of those people right now who can't collect the check, who are going to, you know, I don't know, maybe lose their homes, lose their apartment. They don't have food in the fridge. These fucking people bust their ass. And I always said, and I know I've told you before, you never fuck with somebody who handles your food, ever. And I know you've told me stories where you've been at restaurants and they got the order completely wrong and you fucking didn't say anything. No, well, because I don't... First of all, do you know how stressful it is? Like, okay, like, I deal with people every day, you know, and I know that you do too. And I know several other hundreds of people, you know, deal with people. But these people deal with people and they're dealing with people when they're fucking hungry. Okay. Yep. And, you know, sometimes, you know, the restaurant isn't that busy and, you know, they, they might have some downtime, but then other times it's packed. I mean, these people get, like, 25 guests at a table. They're running around. I mean, the chefs, the, the, the prep cooks, all of that in the back running around. like the a bunch of boys. Yeah, like a bunch girls, of, whatever. like, nutters trying to get their job done. It's fucking hot. I oh, mean, yeah. like, I just, you know what? I just say that I'm full. I say thank you. I, I leave a generous tip always, always, no matter what. And, you know, I go on about my day because at the end of the day, I really don't care. Like, it doesn't matter to me. Like, I'm not that type of person. You know, like, I don't want to piss somebody off. They're already having a bad day. If they fucked up my order, they're having a bad day. Agreed. You know, so let's just, you know, leave it as is, you know, and move on. So do you think this will change the way people see these these people once they start going back to restaurants and 
Do you think that'll change the game or will it be a temporary thing, let's say? It'll be temporary if, you know, anything ever does go back to normal. I think it definitely, um, you know, because people kind of get used to something and they kind of fall back into old habits and old ways. And there's always those people that are just nitpicky and they're just going to fucking be disgusting because that's who they are, you know, and they're going to treat people like they're pieces of shit. Correct. You know, so um, I don't think that there can be an organization of labor in the sense like it was previously because the government is ordering corporations to make workers safe. Or so they say. Yeah, they're, they're, they say, hey, you do this or we're going to shut you down. So that's how they get around. I mean, organization for labor where there's a representative making sure that you're safe. The government is forcing the company to make sure that you're safe under threat of closing them down. You don't need that liaison. The government has now stepped in and become that liaison, whether you realize it or not. Do you think that that's purpose, uh, on purpose, excuse me, to, uh, I don't know, take the legs out from underneath organized labor to say, well, what the fuck do you got, what are you needed for anymore now that big brother government is here to step in on your behalf? Um, I don't really know. I mean, because the government seems to favor, well, I mean, maybe not the entire government, but a portion of the government seems to favor favor labor um and union yeah union representatives or unions or or things like that like specifically like the teachers union and you know right um uh the the mep the mechanical electrical plumbing what about the afl-cio yeah teamsters yeah i mean all, all of those like you know every i i'm guessing every category has a you know, union representative in some way, shape, or form as far as, like, contracting or um, things of that nature. Okay. I'm not really 100% sure because I don't know that much about it, and I've never worked in a place where I had the opportunity to be in a union. So I don't really know. I mean, I know how unions work, but I don't really know where they operate outside of my small knowledge of, like, construction and, sure. you know, teachers' union and all the ones that I just named. I'm hopeful, I mean, hope springs eternal, that this might be a turning point, depending on how long it goes for, where there is a renewed appreciation for people, quote, on the bottom. And just because they're on the bottom financially doesn't mean they should be on the bottom with respect. And in fact, they should be moved up financially, especially when you just realize how dependent you are on, quote, the little people, the people who are unskilled, let's say. I've heard that that word thrown around quite a bit, unskilled. I'm not sure I'm comfortable with that word. And I'm not a communist. Uh, I'm not a, you know, a Bolshevik of any stripe. But these people right now are are making sure that that lots of individuals do not run out of food in their home when they can't leave. Uh, how about um, truck drivers? Oh, if you don't finish high school, you don't go to fucking college, you're going to end up driving a truck. Well, 
truck drivers are making sure that uh, the people in this fucking country, the people on this continent, are eating. Like, I mean, very literally, that you're able to wipe your ass with two ply and three ply, if you can find it. You know, the the these people. I I I am hopeful that this turns a page, and this isn't pandering i'm not capable to pander or to kiss anybody's ass it's just not in my it's not in my dna but i have such an appreciation for people and now mind you i work in logistics i work with truck drivers um you know i work on i work on a dock i'm in shipping and receiving and uh and i've done it for the majority of my adult life and a lot of these people that would be classified as unskilled have found and implemented shortcuts and business improvement models without having the education, not knowing that they were doing that to streamline and make it more efficient. And the people that drive truck that deal with the horrendous fucking traffic, uh, shitty government roads that are not taken care of or plowed or salted or filled or paved correctly they're the ones that are keeping the country running. They deliver your fucking fuel. They deliver your monster and rock stars, your fucking potato chips, snacks, candy bars, baby formula. All that shit is a truck driver. You know, same thing with the fucking UPS people and the Amazon people. As annoying as those goddamn blue trucks are and that fucking ridiculous backup horn that I hear all the time. It's very high pitched. I don't like it, especially early in the morning when I'm trying to sleep. But those people are keeping this fucking place running. You know what I mean? Same thing with the people that work for utilities. Whether it's a gas company, whether it's the electric uh, provider. These are literally essential services without which we would collapse. Like it would be, I guess, the the post-industrial green anarchist dream come true, maybe. I'm not saying that pejoratively, but this fucker would fall apart real fast without those people. And I'm hoping that this is a point in time where maybe they're finally going to get the recognition that either people forgot and now they're going to be reminded or there's a new appreciation for those people and how important they are. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think that there there is an appreciation of those people um, and how important they are. And, you know, obviously, like, in the community where... I live, you know, people are very, seem to be, and I haven't gone to the store very much, but the few times that I have, people seem to be very respectful. Um, you know, they're not being rude to these folks. They're, they're saying thank you, you know, things like that. Um, I mean, the company is the one that needs to decide, you know, how they get paid moving forward. And I definitely think that they should probably get paid more than what they're getting paid. I don't know what most of them get paid. Um, I know some companies pay better than others. Um, you know, and I just hope that they take the time to take care of these employees that have stuck it out, that have showed up, that, you know, have risked getting this virus. I mean, I, I know some people kind of like, aren't really thinking this virus is something that is as serious as it is. I, I mean, I don't think an entire country would shut down unless you're a conspiracy theorist, unless it was somewhat serious. I don't really know. You know, I'm not there. I don't know. Um, 
I saw videos from New York where people are getting loaded into refrigerated trucks by forklifts. Um, and that seemed to be serious enough for me. So, you know, um, I hope that people are treating them better and they, uh, you know, they get a raise or they get something or, you know, maybe they, maybe they get extra days off. Maybe they, you know, change a lot of things. Who knows? But hopefully something does change. I think it's well said, and that's where we're going to segue into maybe a little more positive news. Um, and then we're going to talk, you're going to tell us about some of your, uh, I guess we'll call this uh, the next segment, uh, Angel, Angel's Twitter Beef. Because uh, it seems to be happening a little bit more often than uh, I remember. But, um, you know, something in the anarchist and volunteers community, um, you'll hear it often is something called mutual aid. Uh, and uh, I have a great article that's not even from the United States. It's from Greece. And uh, it's from the thegreekreporter.com. It'll be linked in the show notes. It's called Anarchist Group Rubicon Donates Tons of Necessities to Athens Nursing Home. And this is from March 30th of this year, 2020. News websites in Greece have been known for years for reporting incidents of vandalism involving the controversial Greek anarchist group Rubicon. However, the coronavirus pandemic has brought nearly an endless array of changes in such a short period of time, one of which is a work of charity carried out by members of the Rubicon on Monday in Athens. Hundreds of bags with groceries and other necessities were donated by members of the infamous Greek anarchist group to the nursing home of the municipality of Athens. Quote, Today we visited the Athens nursing home following its appeal to meet its needs with essentials and cleaning products to take care of the health and dignity of the, elder, of the elderly it hosts. With the help of those who responded to our call, we were able to gather several products, end quote, the Rubicon stated in their announcement. The group concluded its statement by saying, all we have is each other. The Rubicon uh, is an activist anarchist collective based in Athens, which was formed in 2013 in the middle of Greece's severe financial crisis. Uh, this, you know, that line kind of really hits me a little bit. All we have is each other. And um, Vermin Supreme, once again, who's going to come up in this show probably every single time I open my mouth. Uh, he talks about mutual aid and helping each other and where the government fails to provide which it will inevitably because it's grossly inefficient and i argue and many others argue that it's unnecessary this group who is used to fighting literally fighting the government in the streets it's police it's gendarme it's army whatever the security apparatus of the state went to a fucking nursing home they didn't ask what the nursing home patients politics were if they believed in a state or if they believed in um, collective action or whatever. They just showed up with stuff to help. I find that very uplifting. I think it's wonderful. And I hope it acts as an inspiration to the rest of us to show what right action is all about. And um, I hope you guys take a look at it. Again, it'll be in the show notes. Uh, Once again, it goes to show that when the chips are down, so like, we, you know, I'm not a religious guy. We talked about this. Randy and I did when we were really intoxicated. One of the first people to start providing school lunches because the argument, at least where I live and where Angel lives, is that a lot of these schools exist to make sure that kids get a hot meal because they don't get it at home. And um, I, 
work closely with an individual who works for a public school system in the city where I work. And she validated that fact that a lot of the kids don't have food at home, which should break everybody's heart. And uh, that turns out to be the case. The The Salvation Army, before the schools began, and they were foul. I won't give that public school credit for fuck all anything, but I will give them credit for this. They were fast to say, hey, listen, don't worry. If you're hungry, we will have food for your kids to take home. There's no fucking questions asked. Well, I mean, it's about time they do something right. But before the school could even get that out, the Salvation Army was already on the case, getting care packages ready for people. Same thing with food banks. You know, I don't give a fuck who runs the food bank. I don't care if it's the county. You know, feed people. I think that that's, that's right action. That's good. That's good right action. But once again, a lot of these religious organizations jump right on it. And I'm glad to see that an anarchist organization, which has been quite, you know, confrontational and inflammatory in another part of the world, you know, put their swords to the side for a second to help the least amongst us. Yeah. And I think that that is tremendous. And uh, I hope you guys enjoy the article and I hope that it gets shared. I will. Uh, it will be posted on the Twitter page. If you see it, please give it a retweet. It deserves to be read. Uh, it's a little it's a little slice of hope. It's a little slice of, uh, of the good stuff. And uh, it means a lot to me personally. It really uh, it really hits home. So uh, moving on to a much lighthearted subject. Angel has been getting very angry from what I understand. I'm just angry all the time, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> You've had enough of these people. I have. Okay. What happened this time? So... Before you get started, do I need to come up with a jingle? Like, do we need a separate, like, music? Like, angels be fun Twitter. Go ahead. I just feel like more and more, um, which is why my pinned tweet is a quote from the, the Randall from Clerks. <laughs> Who would be friends with me? I hate everyone and everything seems stupid to me so who would be friends with me i hate everyone and everything seems stupid to me um (laughs) it's a beautiful quote i i read through twitter you know just to keep updated or just you know whatever just to see what the hell's going on um and so cliff maloney at liberty cliff on the first of april says now he was to be honest this was like the third annoying thing so but i'm starting with the most recent because i'm scrolling down so he's he posts shocking dc mayor threatens residents with a 90 days in jail for leaving home meanwhile five dc inmates have tested positive for hashtag covid19 logic order people to stay home if they don't put them in jail where they're most like where they are most likely to get sick what are these politicians thinking? The The key word in this entire thing that I just read is shocking. That's not shocking to me. The government does shady shit all day long. All day. All day. And, and you know, saying that they're going to lock you up for leaving your house is mild in comparison to the shady shit that they do all day long. All sure. the time. You know? So, um... My response is, what the fuck? <laughs> Has the whole world gone mad or am I crazy? I'm not surprised by this and it's not shocking. It's the government doing what it does best, fucking up 
Okay, and then some asshole senator named Tom Cotton, I don't even know who he is because I don't care, um, (laughs) says, the IRS is forcing people on Social Security to file a tax return before they receive China virus relief. Extremely disappointed to see the IRS directly contradicting the CARES Act blocking aid to our seniors. Again, I am not shocked, surprised, disappointed, This is what the IRS does. Absolutely. This is what the government does. They do whatever they want. They don't care what you say. They don't care about anybody. They They don't. don't, They don't. So I then reply to him because he's a part of this machine and he's surprised. Like, are you kidding me? There's literally people that were in our government that has ties to Jeffrey Epstein and pedophiles and all sorts of crazy right. stuff. Yeah. Like, and he's like, oh, I can't believe the IRS. Give me a fucking like, break. What the fuck is actually like, what the fuck in the actual fuck? You know what I mean? Like, right. I just can't, I can't take it. So I get mad. So I say to <laughs> him, <laughs> that's what you and your friends do in D.C. Whatever the fuck you want. Nothing surprises me from the government. <laughs> That's small in comparison to the shit you do on a day-to-day. <laughs> okay. So then, what really started it was this one from Alyssa Milano. <laughs> We're finally getting to the core. There needs to be a national shelter in place now. Anything less is going to prolong this fucking epidemic. So my reply to her is, there cannot be a national shelter-in-place order. The federal government cannot and will not tell the individual states what to do. I'm fucking surprised your dumbass doesn't know that. (laughs) This is a basic understanding of how shit works in this country. It is for your benefit and mine. Like, hello, dude. You don't know that? You don't know that the government can't, can't do that? Like, the federal government cannot do that. They cannot mandate that the individual states do something nationally. Is that what you meant for my for your benefit and mine? Yeah. Not as in, oh, this is a good benefit, comrade. This is, no, thank goodness they don't have the power to do that. Right. That's on top a- of all the other fucking power they have. Yeah, because, I mean, just because you think something is good, it doesn't mean it is good. Well, I mean, think about it from her perspective, too. She's rich. Like, really rich. She's another Learjet liberal, you know, which is the worst kind of liberal. She's very wealthy, so she can hide behind her fence, right? She has the luxury of being able to hide behind her fence and have her minions go out, her servants go out and make sure that she's well-stocked and the provisions are ready to go, right? Right. She does. How can you fucking speak for the working class? What about the people that have to go to work? Right. I mean, that's that's the thing that she doesn't get. It's like, you know, she probably has people that she pays personally. She probably has like a personal shopper. She probably has like, you know, all of these things. She probably doesn't even leave her house to get her hair done. Somebody comes there and does it for her and she pays for it. 100%. Right. Like she doesn't have to leave her fucking house if she doesn't want to. You know what I mean? Like. And not that she wouldn't leave her house, because I don't know anything about her, but I do know that she's stupid. And she's <laughs> stupid because she tweeted that. Because if she even thought for a second, you know, she would have realized that that the federal government cannot mandate the individual states do anything. Like, they can't. So, 
why don't you take the time to think before you tweet? Because I don't think you're just spreading this misinformation out there and people are like, yeah, the government. No, the government shouldn't dictate what everybody gets to be able to do in any type of situation. I don't give a shit. Either you do what's right in the situation as an individual, you know, and if it's really that serious and you could die and you say, fuck it, I'm going to take the chance and die. Well, I guess you're going to fucking die. And you might take a couple of people with you, but you can't just constantly keep ordering people to do stuff. Like, you just can't. It's annoying. No, you can't. You're absolutely right. And uh, if she is showing her ignorance, and I'm not, I'm, I, I'm surprised that people are still surprised at how stupid people, I mean, once again, I mean, she's one of hundreds of millions of dumbass Twitter users, yours, my, you know, yours truly included, that might say stupid shit, but... Something like that. I just can't believe, and Randy and I talked about this, you just can't believe how quick people are calling for their chains to be thrown upon them by Big Daddy government. Well, like, I don't think, I don't think people really know that the federal government can't tell the individual states what to do. I think they, they absolutely think that because, like, my coworkers and I were having a conversation the other day and one of them mentioned, well, they'll just close everything down nationally. And I'm like, they can't do that. The federal government doesn't have the power to do that. Yeah. And, I mean, these are people that are educated, that sure. have higher degrees than I have, and they don't know that. And I didn't go to the best school. You know what I mean? They went to better schools than I did. Right. And, like, I at least learned that. It's pretty basic. You know what I mean? That's, like, up. that's basic. That's, like, minimum, you know. Yeah, it's a white belt level. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, like, I don't, and I don't know a lot about everything, but, you know, I'm not claiming to be the smartest, but it's, like, damn, I thought maybe somebody might be a little bit smarter than that. But no, I just think everybody thinks that the government can do whatever they want. She's good at reading scripts. She's good at taking direction. She's an actress. That's what she's there for. She's there to fucking repeat things that people are telling her to repeat. I'm not saying that this is probably her own thought. Absolutely. Because it's showing her lack of education and understanding. Now, do I take umbrage a little bit with the government, the federal government not being able to tell the states what to do? Well, the way they work around that is they threaten them with money. That's how they turn the states into vassals. Right. But I understand on, on paper, as far as enumerated powers, you know the, the federal government, to my knowledge, does not have the power to do that. Well, here's the other thing. She is like someone else. I have a coworker whose um, significant other said that, oh, well, we had a case of uh, COVID-19 in the county. And as a result, uh, they're going to close the county. They're going to quarantine the entire county. Now, of course, the first thing that comes to mind, I asked. Now, this is, this is several weeks ago. This is the, the day before St. Patrick's Day, I believe. But the, the, this is my problem. I just don't walk away. I have to question you because what I heard was utter bullshit. So I'm going to go ahead and, and just ask some questions, try to clear the bullshit, put my boots on, start shoveling. Hey, um... So, the city that you live in is right on the border with another county. Oh, yeah, it's less than a mile away. Well, what's to stop you from walking through the woods to get to the other county? I said, what are the, is the National Guard going to hold hands like Red fucking Rover? And you're just going to have to try to break through that? Are they going to shoot you? 
if you try to go to another county. And I said, also, there's a federal highway that runs through the county. Are they just going to close all the on and off ramps? But what if those those trucks who are engaging in commerce have to get off in order to make deliveries? Now, once again, I already know the fucking answers to these questions. I already know what the answer is. <laughs> but I'm trying to lead the subject into thinking through the fake news that they just ingested and defecated out in my direction. This person is not at fault. I don't blame them because public education hasn't taught very well how to think critically. And when you're in a panic state and you hear somebody saying stuff and you're worried, your critical thinking starts to dwindle away. It starts to be eroded by stupidity. The stupid the stupid starts to erode away at that critical thinking, that your ability to think critically. So once I started asking these basic questions, first of all, interfering with commerce, right? But I started off with the whole Red Rover holding hands as the entire county, which would require the entire National Guard to hold hands and close it off. <laughs> but not to mention a federal highway, which is commerce. How the fuck do you stop that? And once those the wheels started turning after that, well, you know, that's just what I heard. You know, this person might be wrong. I said, might be is not the word that I would use. Incredibly wrong. Incredibly incorrect. But this is... But, all of these people vote, by the way. <laughs> I know. It's the case against democracy. I, I know, know that I, you know, I've got friends of mine who are true believers who can't, you know, like, oh, I don't buy anarchism, you know, like my friend Broseph says, and I love the guy. He's a great guy. Well, I don't buy statism. I don't buy democracy. These people vote, and they drive cars, and they <laughs> threaten my fucking life every day I'm on the asshole 500. And the best argument you come up with is, well, it's the best system that we've come up with thus far, and what about the fucking roads? That's the best That's the best argument you guys can throw at me. Okay? They're shitty arguments, because I can figure out both of those, and we'll do those on another show. But this is what we're dealing with. Stupidity on a high level. And uh, I do. I, I look forward to this segment now, going forward. I like, I like it to, now we don't really get to talk about what's going on in the woods that much. Because there ain't a lot going on in the woods. Uh, we'll get back to it. But I do like the um, Angels Twitter beef section of the show. I think it should be a staple. And I encourage you to engage in Twitter beef in the name of the show. And also pointing out hypocrisy and stupidity, especially amongst the elite. I think it's wonderful. Um, I do have one other thing. Go um, for it. Let's so have it. So this is not related to Twitter beef, but it is related to um, you know, the government. So... Let me pull it up here. Just give me one second. Go ahead. So the state of New Jersey um, has decided to order the police to commandeer needed medical supplies. Ah. Um, so Governor Phil Murphy has given New Jersey state police orders to take N95 mask ventilators and other personal protective equipment that healthcare facilities need in their race to slow the spread of the coronavirus. While we look forward to these facilities cooperating with us and providing this equipment as needed, this order gives the police express authority to uh, 
requisition it for distribution to our acute care health hospitals and other healthcare facilities. And Murphy, in his daily COVID-19 briefing, and needless to say, um, he said that they badly needed the equipment. The order came as New Jersey saw deaths related to COVID-19 illness jumped from 182 in 24 hours from 19 to 182 in 24 hours to a total of 537. By, th- by Thursday, New Jersey had a total of 25,590 confirmed coronavirus cases across the state, reports CBS's Chu Corey James. Newark University Hospital EKG technician Kim King-Smith is among those gone now. Her family says that her smile was more infectious than the virus that took her life. I constantly balance my response of being cold-blooded with compassion, Murphy said. Murphy had previously ordered for businesses and individuals to donate unused personal protection equipment by March 27th for future use by hospital workers facing shortages. Executive Order 109 covered any business, non-hospital care, facility, or institution of higher learning in possession of PPE, ventilators, respirators, anesthesia machines not required for the provision of critical health care services shall undertake an inventory of these supplies. The governor says even police are facing unnecessary obstacles as people claiming to have COVID-19 have allegedly been assaulting officers. We are taking a zero-tolerance policy against anyone spitting or coughing on officers, said Murphy. They will face aggravated assault charges. In terms of counties across New Jersey, Bergen County remains the highest hotspots in both infections and death. So in Bergen County, there are 4,099 positive cases with 120 deaths. And it goes down, you know, through all of the individual counties, um, which... I'm really quite surprised that the amount um, at at some of these, Essex County has um, 2,617 with 99 deaths. Hudson County has 2,270 with 44 deaths. Union County has 2,010 with 34 deaths. Uh, Middlesex County has uh, 1,766 with 48 deaths and um, so on and so forth. You know, um... It seems high. Those seems high, like positive cases. And I don't think, I think the state of Ohio has like 3,000 or close to it, like for the entire state. I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the last time I checked, it was close to that. Yeah, I think you're, I think you're right. So to have, you know, almost like 5,000 cases in one county, being that the size of New Jersey is what it is. Seems very high to me. Yeah. So something's going on in New Jersey. Anyways, so um, yeah, they're going to send the New Jersey State Police after anybody who has personal protective equipment. And that is spray foam insulation installers, painters, um, and people who deal with particulates or, or chemicals. Um, yeah, like a game. chemical factory, for example, if you mix chemicals together, paint maybe. Yeah, um, but see, uh, chemical uh, manufacturers are listed as essential under the Homeland Security. So I guess it sort of depends on what they consider essential under chemical, which, you know, they may break that down even further and just decide that, certain types of chemical manufacturers 
are essential and others are not. Um, like the state of Pennsylvania determined that um, anybody making like medicine or things to help fight the virus. So like, you know, um, example like Purell or things like that, you know, they're considered essential. But like right. paints and coatings and adhesives, no, they're not. Um, so anything that would be life-saving is what's considered essential and the state of Pennsylvania shut down, you know, everything that was basically non-essential. So I'm sure you'll see that, you know, come to fruition in other states as well. Kind of scary, a little draconian for me. Uh, I know we got some listeners in New Jersey. Uh, once again, if you can update us on any information or if this, uh, if you come across this, if you're the subject of having your property taken by the uh, New Jersey State Gestapo, please drop us a line at useguysandthat at gmail.com. That's our email address. And, of course, at useguyspod at, uh, across Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, I'd love to hear uh, the, the couple of people that downloaded from New Jersey. Let us know what you're seeing out there. I love a frontline uh, account. Uh, do you have anything else that you'd like to talk about? Anything on your list? Um. No, I don't. I just, you know, hope that things get better and, you know, we can maybe at some point in time go back to a normal existence and, you know, be be better and everybody's healthy. Fair enough. Um, again, we've made our predictions for that and both of us put it at uh, next year. So not anytime soon. Um, and that's unfortunate. I hate every minute of it. I don't like being told what to do, let alone being forced to do something under penalty of being, you know, incarcerated, having more of my money taken away in an extortion program by the state or thrown in a cage. Uh, as a responsible individual, you ought to distance yourself from people, especially if you're sick or if they're sick. You know, the the bottom, the, the golden rule is do no harm. Don't hurt anybody. You shouldn't need the fucking government to tell you that. And judging by Alyssa Milano's uh, tweet, along with uh, uh, Senator Cotton, uh, we have a bunch of fucking assholes running amok out there. So I'm not surprised that stupid big daddy government has to jump in and tell people what to do. Because the majority of us can't seem to figure out how to do things. So thanks for nothing, all of you that made it possible. Uh, uh, just a couple of shout-outs here. Of course, always... Without question, my graduate cohort, uh, we had to do some homework the other day. We had to do it through Skype. It was a pain in the ass, uh, but I appreciate your guys' help. All of you have already called your names out before. I know a bunch of you were busy working on your thesis uh, coming up for graduation, and um, I wish you nothing but the best. I'm proud of you all, and uh, I'm glad that we're all friends and uh, that we're going through this journey together. I miss having. I actually miss having class in person, seeing you guys and laughing and making funny faces at each other when certain people say ridiculous shit. Uh, I miss being around you guys. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, big shout out I want to do right now to a guy I've been talking to off and on for a while now, Sal Mayweather at Sally Mayweather on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, had a tremendous episode. Great podcast. I recommend to everybody. It's uh, his show is called the Agora, and the title of the episode was "WTF is Agorism or Agorism." 
What a great episode that was. Sal, you did such a good job, and this isn't patronizing because you put out on a snap, you know, what kind of ideas, what kind of questions would you like to see answered? And, of course, I typed in there. I said, you know, you know, to give newbies to agorism why it's considered part of the libertarian left. Because S.E.K. wrote the New Libertarian Manifesto, and he says part of the libertarian left. And you answered that question uh, during your podcast. And in less than an hour, he was able, in my opinion, even if you got all of the reading material, he was able to break it down so well that you could, uh, it's about counter-economics. For example, if somebody asks, how does one become an agorist? said, start with buying Bitcoin. Start with having a garden, anything that deprives the state of a dollar growing your own food. These are really simple things, and uh, I'm looking forward. Like, I really thought about them. So, you know what, man? He's fucking right, and he lives in the largest metropolitan area in the country, and if he's able to do that, I should be able to find a, a way to get a raised bed small garden and grow squash or tomatoes or something like that. Just, you know, first of all, it's I think it's a good thing to learn how to do, and secondly, always, I think it'd be great to eat your own food. Uh, my wife grew, I'm a huge acorn squash guy, and uh, every, the couple of times I planted it years ago, it didn't fucking work out. And the one time that it did, I let the goddamn thing rot because I forgot about it and I never ate it. So the one time I, it fruited was was I didn't plant the damn thing. But anyway, Sal, uh, really appreciate that episode. I highly recommend all of you listen. Uh, It'll be linked in the show notes. I can't say enough nice things about it. Also, while we're on the topic of podcasts, P. Quinones operates the Free Man Beyond the Wall uh, podcast, and his episode number 398, a conversation with green anarchist Bellamy Fitzpatrick, who is at bellamyfitzpatrick.com. He had an excellent discussion with Bellamy, who is a self-described green anarchist, um, includes what uh, green anarchism means to him and finding common ground among the people who realize that first and foremost, the state is the problem. What a great episode that was. Thank you so much, Pete, for that. We're so fortunate that there are so many great podcasts from a left libertarian, right libertarian, anarchist perspective, traditional libertarian perspective. And while we're on the topic, I'd also like to thank, we've got a great follow uh, from Weird politics review at weird left rising uh i really appreciate the follow game of follow back i recommend people check them out it's always good to get a different perspective don't be threatened by the word left okay because the left that you're thinking of is going to be very different from the left that you're going to see okay the difference between capitalism and free market we're talking about a language difference uh one of the articles that's uh on this uh accounts twitter feed and I recommend people read it. It's called How COVID-19 Illustrates the Difference Between Markets and Capitalism. That's an important thing for people to understand. It'll be linked in the show notes. I'm going to tweet it out through the use guys in that page. Really take a look at the uh, expand expand your understanding, your knowledge. You don't have to agree on everything. That's the problem that I see a lot in this movement, in the liberty movement. If it doesn't match your exact palette, it's automatically rejected. Take what take what's good. Realize that you have more in common with each other than you than you have not in common with each other. You know we're not enemies. Uh, the people who want to throw you in cages 
and forcibly take your uh, property through coercion and, you know, brainwash your children. Those people are your enemy, not the people who want to be left alone. Um, I don't have anything else, I think. Uh, that's the end of this episode. Of course, once again, at Sally Mayweather. I also like to thank, uh, of course, uh Kathy at Cappy Mar uh, gave us a retweet that got us a lot of uh, traction, maybe brought a few people over to the podcast. We saw a spike in downloads. Kathy, thank you so much for your contribution to helping uh, liberty-minded people meet each other on Twitter. Twitter is such a great community. I'm, I'm really glad that we I've, I've learned a lot from people on there and uh, great conversation, including insulting people and getting blocked. It's all part of the fun. But at the same time, it's a very, very good community, uh, an excellent liberty-minded community from both sides of, quote, the French scale left and right, whatever, the traditional left and right, however you want to call it. Um, I really appreciate you all. So uh, please, once again, we are at Use Guys Pod, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and of course, uh, we have uh, useguysandthat at gmail.com is our email address. We are on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, iHeartRadio Podcasts, and uh, Google Play Podcasts. We have a lot of platforms you can find our show on. Please drop us a note. Let us know what you think. Hit the subscribe button, download, tell your friends, pass the word along, retweet if you can. Retweet goes a long way. Uh, If I can reach another person, if we can reach another person to give us a shot and listen, and at least they can uh, get some, uh, even if they're not too entertained by our content, we definitely do listen to some excellent content uh, on this show. Uh, Randy, he, uh, this show was going to be a lot about him. Uh, Once again, uh, there's something going on where he can't be here. He's kind of in limbo right now. So uh, Randy is... um, He's a good kid, and uh, I'm really worried about him going off. on the, He's like my little brother, so I'm a little bit worried about him going off. But uh, we love Randy, and uh, once we have an update on what he's up to, we'll pass it along. But uh, uh, we wish him nothing but the best, and I can't wait to see the kid whenever it is. Hopefully, think, <laughs> I know he wants to go and do stuff. I don't want to say I hope it doesn't happen, but I just hope everything goes well. So I'm going to say I hope it doesn't happen because I love Randy and I want Randy to stay here and hang out with us Okay, because I'm selfish. Well, there you go, Randy. And uh, once again, throw him a follow uh, on our Use Guys uh, podcast page. You can find Angel the Sound Girl's uh, Twitter handle as well as my personal one at jcolo. And Randy ran underscore duh underscore man. Uh, that's Randy's uh, Twitter handle. So, from me, Jay, and Angel. Yes. We wish everybody uh, revolutionary greetings, and remember, every day is a wonderful day for a revolution. We thank everybody for listening, and uh, we look forward to delivering more content. I don't know if there's going to be a fuck you Friday, because tomorrow's Friday. There's a delay in the show, but uh, suck it Saturday's always on the table. We don't know. So we wish you nothing but the best. Stay healthy and get a hold of us. Listen and take this time to educate yourself more. And always uh, always remember that every day that you're still alive, you have a chance to do something good. And uh, we appreciate it. We appreciate you all. So thank you very much. Have a good evening. Thank you.